Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. Hello and welcome to today's Beyond Markets episode. My name is Perlin Wong. I head the investment content and campaigns APEC team here at Julius Baer. Today we have with us Norbert Rooker, Head of Economics and Next Generation Research, joining us all the way from Zurich. Hi, Norbert. It's very nice to have you with us today. Hello, everyone. It's my pleasure. Norbert, you are our commodities and crude oil expert. So in the next 20 minutes, I will be picking your brains on the impact of Israel-Hamas conflict on oil markets and on oil markets generally. The last time, if you remember, we spoke was in February of 2022. Back then, the Ukraine crisis had escalated significantly and Brent oil prices had surged past 100 US dollars a barrel. I remember how you kept quite calm, saying any upside to oil prices from geopolitics should be short-lived. You were cautious on fundamentals and felt that oil prices would eventually head towards 70 US dollars a barrel. So this proved prescient and oil prices have been ranging between 70 to $80 this year, so great call. Thank you. And you see, geopolitics is back. Well, Norbert, oil prices are trending higher again with the recent tragic events in the Middle East conflict. At the time of this recording, we are at around $90 US a barrel for Brent oil. Is this due to a fear of disruption to oil supply? Where do you think oil prices could head in the near term and why? These tragic events that really unfolded over the last week can bring quite some uncertainty on financial markets. And we see just these flows into safe havens. So this is gold, this is the government bonds, the US dollar, and of course, oil. And oil usually very quickly moves into focus whenever there's a geopolitical shock happening in the Middle East, in the region. And yes, it's all about fears about supply disruption and fears about a spike in oil prices. For, for us as economists, it's all about assessing how pronounced and lasting such a shock is and basically assessing if this time is different or if kind of the standard playbook in terms of geopolitics applies. And this standard playbook is one where we see a temporary price rally, where we see a temporary kind of uncertainty premium in the market, but then also a reversal within days and weeks as the uncertainty fades. Of course, if you look at the current situation, there's still lots of noise. There's still lots of things that are moving. The situation is unfolding. But nevertheless, we believe that also this time that this shock should be short-lived and that oil prices will revert to previous trends. Pretty much the same in the near term then as before. Before this chat, you mentioned a scenario analysis of the probable outcomes for oil prices, depending on how the situation develops. Could you share this with our listeners? Sure. I guess the big fear is really the oil crisis that we had in the 70s, that something similar is unfolding. An oil price spike basically above 150 US dollars, which then is a shock, an exogenous shock that really resets the economy, that resets financial markets. And this scenario is all about that the conflict escalates and spreads into the entire region, into the Middle East, that some of the actors, the big actors behind get involved, namely Iran, Saudi Arabia, and so on. But to be honest, there are very few signposts of any kind of meaningful outside involvement in the attacks that we have witnessed last week and that have witnessed uh, since then. There's very few indications that behind it is really a geopolitical tectonic shift. So for such kind of an oil crisis scenario, 
we believe that this is very unlikely. We give it a probability of less than 5%. And also a comparison with the 70s is not really adequate because the oil market today is a very, very different one. And this contrasts with basically the very unemotional geopolitical playbook that we, as mentioned, seems to be involving. So basically that this conflict remains centered around Israel, that is primarily a reset of the relationships or the relation with Palestine. In such kind of outcome, the oil price spike should be contained somewhere at current price levels, so the low 90s. It should be short-lived and there should be a reversal within days and weeks, basically within this month, within October. We put a probability of somewhere around 65% to such a temporary shock scenario. And if you look back, there are some precedences, the Lebanon war in 2006, or just the three different Gaza wars that we had between 2008 and 2014. What might be slightly different this time is that we have seen kind of an era of normalization of relations within the Arab states. It might be that this trend reverses, if not stalls, and that we might see also some sort of intensification of the conflict towards the neighbors Lebanon and Syria. If something like this happens, then we might see some more sanctions again around. We might see some bigger division between the United States and Saudi Arabia. And maybe there, then the premium would be slightly more lasting. Maybe there, such a scenario, we would see oil prices staying elevated at current price levels more towards year-end, so beyond October. The chances of that is somewhere around 30%, uh, but this is really a rough guess from our perspective. If I may summarize, then it's a 5% chance of oil spike above 150, a 65% probability that it's contained at around current levels. And there is a 30% probability, roughly, according to your best estimates, for above $90 for weeks, not just days. Would that be a correct representation? Yes. And I think it's a part to see that there's certain boundaries to that. For example, the United States is very afraid of fuel inflation, given that fuel price at the pump are already high. Or the other element is that things moved a bit over the past year that Buyers of sanctioned oil coming from Iran really found, or from Russia, found their ways to really continue to trade and buy this oil despite the Western sanctions. So I think these are kind of the boundaries that make a scenario with more impactful, meaning higher prices, slightly less likely. As you rightly pointed out as well a year ago, Norbert, in the medium term, we should, apart from the noise, pay attention to fundamentals. So the question I have is, what are the global demand and supply drivers for oil markets? And has anything really changed in the last 12 months? Yeah, there was uh, quite some change, some involvement, developments. Let's focus on three specific elements. Dominant element is the whole narrative and the concern about tightening supply. So basically that we are running low on oil inventories globally. This has been driven by oil politics, because remember, since beginning of the year, Saudi Arabia basically surprised the market with a very deep cut in production and has been maintaining this cut for longer than expected. This is, to be honest, quite aggressive oil politics because these cuts would not be needed. But so far, we also have to acknowledge that the impact on oil supplies was less than feared. So we don't see a massive tightening in the United States, for example, in the oil storage that we have there. If you look at China, we in fact even see crude oil storage increasing over this past month. The second element, and maybe this has been one of the reasons, is that yes, demand, consumption of oil is overall very robust. And this really is mirroring strong employment, so very low unemployment. But there's also indication of the underlying ongoing structural shift. 
basically shift towards electric mobility and more electric cars on the road. If you look at the sales of such called plug-in cars, they're around 35% of new vehicles, new cars in China, around 30% in Europe, and just around 10% in the United States. So they definitely, with such kind of high sales, that definitely should be a bit of element of eroding demand. But this is a longer lasting forest. It's very difficult to detect. And the, the third element, not that much directly fundamental related, but there's been quite a roller coaster in terms of the market mood. If you look back beginning uh, summer, the market mood in the oil market was very bearish. There was lots of short positions held in the futures market by hedge funds. Now the market mood is very bullish, lots of long positions held by hedge funds and the likes in the futures market. And this very swift reversal in the market mood from our perspective really was the main driver of this oil price, oil price bounce that we have seen uh, throughout summer. In sum, we shifted our view to cautious some days ago, weeks ago, when oil prices rose towards the 90s. And we see oil heading back into the 80s over the coming months, basically as we enter the next year. And the main argument is really we question this narrative about tight supplies. We don't see this happening. In fact, instead of a deficit, we rather see a surplus emerging next year. I wanted to finally touch upon the longer term next generation trends affecting oil markets. You mentioned a few minutes ago about electric mobility as being one of the factors in the last 12 months that, that you would like to talk about. So can I ask you, what is your view right now on these longer term trends such as energy transition and clean energy? And do you still see a peak in oil demand before 2025? This uh, bigger picture is really all about the peak in oil demand when it happens, happens and how the producers would react to this. The electrification story is a very strong story. It's a very strong transition story. It's a very strong growth story. And because of the underlying ongoing trends, there's still quite fast technology progress and there's lots of scaling effects in terms of ramping up production of batteries, electric cars, and so on. And usually these two elements always tend to be underestimated. So we believe that we're in a decade of electrification of road transport. We believe that we're in a decade where electric cars basically take over. So it's the end of this decade towards 2030, we believe that Electric cars plug-ins will account for somewhere close to 8% of every car sold globally. The consequence is that oil demand most likely peaks before 2025. We see oil demand declining in Europe. We see road fuel demand declining in the United States already. And most likely in China, there's also the peak of road fuel demand this year, 2024. This estimate has been pulled forward a bit exactly because of the rapid shift to the electric cars in China. The main question is really how will the producers respond? And more precisely, what kind of dynamics will be at play that really sets the price or the cost of producing oil uh, longer term? And we can look at two key players. It's shale business. They are currently very capital disciplined, but they're still growing. The question is how will they act in the future? And the other main player in the market is basically the Middle East. There we see several producers that invested into oil production, namely the Emirates, namely Kuwait, and they will be wanting to increase their production going forward. They will be wanting to exploit the oil wave they have underground. And the question there is, you know, what about the quotas? How about those production quotas? What about oil politics going forward? So our best guess is that based on these dynamics unleashed by peaking oil demand, that we see 
the longer term oil price somewhere in the 70s, if not lower, because these are price levels that imply that it's more than profitable, that it's very profitable for the majority of the oil business to produce oil. Thank you, Norbert, once again for your timely insights. Could you wrap up your views on oil again for our listeners in the short, medium and long term? Of course. So uh, short term, geopolitics is very temporary. We think that this past week spike uh, should reverse in days and weeks. In medium term, we really question this still dominant narrative about tightening supplies. We rather expect a surplus uh, over the coming months. And longer term, keeping oil demand, that's top of mind. It will change the dynamics of the oil market. To be honest, the dynamics of the oil market have already changed. So based on that, we have a cautious view on oil. We see oil prices heading below the 80s and into the 70s as we go into next year. That's wonderful. And I can't wait for our next exchange, although I hope it will be in a more positive context. Dear listeners, that's all the time we have for today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And on behalf of all of us at Julius Bear, thank you for tuning in and goodbye. Thank you, Carlin, and goodbye. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you've heard, please tell us by leaving a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe to Beyond Markets on your favorite podcast player to stay up to date with our latest episodes. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbaer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com slash legal slash podcast for further important legal information.